1: And now, gambling terms. Snake eyes. Rolling ones with a pair of dice. Double down. Doubling the original bet for one more card. Bad beat. When your strong hand gets beat. Illegal gambling can put you at risk. Protect our communities. Play legit and gamble only where it's legal. Learn more now at playlegitco.com. A message from the Colorado Division of Gaming. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Warning! This episode contains foul language, potentially disturbing material, and we start a new game called Guess the Movie. Listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week we get to sit down with a friend and talk about something weird. God, I am ready to say that and mean it. It's week 10 of isolation. We are very tired. We have forgotten the sun. My name is Ashley, and I am joined today by my lovely co host, Lauren. Our alien abduction episode went way longer than we anticipated. Literally an hour longer than we anticipated. So you've got another week of aliens. This should make up for two full seasons going by with no extraterrestrials, I would think. Just wanted to say thank you again to all you weirdos who volunteered to help us out with our enormous grueling task. You are making our lives so much easier and I hope you're having fun doing it. Some very specific and special shout outs this week. Laura Shapovalov, Lindsay Largent, my girl Demi Malinowski, Shannon Minercha, Corey and Jamie, Katie Raines, Jade Conrad, Chelsea Duke, and Chelsea Turner. You guys are awesome. If anyone is hearing this wondering what the heck we have going on and want to help out, shoot us an email at keepitweirder at gmail.com or DM us on social media and we can chat about it. I refuse to hold you back from more abductions any longer. I hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you soon.
0: I have another abduction coming at you. So this is two years prior to my first one. As I was saying, they're just like real close. Okay. October 11th, 1973, which... If anyone else out there, I just have to have an aside. If anyone else out there is a fan of The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan. Yes, the second one that was made. I just have to say the line, your birthday's
1: on October 11th? Oh my God. How weird is that?
0: (laughs) Okay, and uh, everyone will get it and just enjoy it. Everyone's
1: going to get that line. You didn't even need to tell us what movie that was from.
0: I know you're so right. I shouldn't have. I should have been like, write in if you know. <laughs> Dang it. Edit it out. Okay, edit well. out the parent dream <laughs> 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 No, don't spend that much time. Anyway, okay. October 11th. Ooh, now I have the gig. That
1: would be a fun right. thing to do. Like every episode, edit out one thing that we say just to see if people can guess what the fuck we're talking about.
0: <laughs> be like, try to guess what this weird tangent is. Try to guess on.
1: what this movie is. It does not star Robert De Niro. Sienna Miller is the lead. Sienna Miller is the, the guy main from Bob Actually is the love interest, and no guess way is Michelle film. Pfeiffer in, in, in it either. Guess the movie.
0: Try to guess the movie. Oh, I'm crying a little. Sorry. <laughs> Stardust. It's definitely Stardust. I've seen it. <laughs>
1: Whew. I've okay, seen the cover. Okay, sorry. I'm just I've done talking. have seen the cover
0: talking. of that film. Oh, oh, my gosh. Also, your Photoshop edit was just one of the best, except for the Casper picture, which I'm glad you reposted. That was great.
1: Yeah, we've got some really good ones. we got Casper. We have the Stardust. And then also, I really liked the pigeon
0: Oh my God, you on that pigeon. That was really great. That was really good. Especially because I think all of us were quite disappointed that that's what sirens are. I know. Like.
1: It's like, do you want to see one? Because they are not sexy. Here it is. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes. You can reel it back in. No,
0: I needed a minute because I was laughing so hard. Okay. October 11th, 1973, two men, Charles Hickson and Calvin Parker, um, they were two men that worked together at a shipyard in Pascagoula, Mississippi, Love which it. is a fun name to say. They worked together in a shipyard. They were fishing together late one night after work. The sun had already gone down and it was an abandoned river bank, so they were completely alone, dark not like the most fun situation for me, I would probably be pretty freaked out. But they were enjoying it trying to catch some fish. Hickson was 42 at the time and the foreman at the shipyard and Calvin uh, Parker was 18 and somewhat new to town from a neighboring, even smaller town Mississippi. So he'd just gotten the job getting to know this guy. They're just minding their own business. So Charles Hickson had just stood up to get some more bait and when he stood up and turned behind him he heard kind of a zipping sound so he looked up into the sky and he saw a blue flashing light. The zipping sound made Calvin turn around too and they both had their jaws dropped to the floor were completely still as they stared at this 30 foot long object with a little dome on top that was probably just about 10 feet off the ground as it lowered down it got down to just about 10 feet off the ground so almost touching it. And it came down in this wooded area, and they're watching it lower down, 30 foot wide. It's crazy huge. So as it hovered just above the ground, three small creatures came out from it, and they were also hovering. The men were completely paralyzed at this point. They were conscious but could not move a muscle, even if they tried. The creatures were able to grab them with claws that extended out and pulled them towards the hovering object and pulled them both inside. Parker had later said to a local paper that it felt like he was just floating inside. He couldn't feel a pinch or the actual claws wrapped around him. It just felt like he was suddenly on a cloud and floating inside to this object. Wow. So Hickson, the older man, said they were subjected to a physical examination as soon as they were inside. And it looked like whatever was a... What? what, Okay, Lauren. Get it together. Whatever was examining them looked like a giant eye which again, is something that i've never heard yeah it just looked like a giant eyeball was looking like them over
1: 2001 a space out of, like how maybe like that yeah. kind of giant eye
0: yeah okay. i would say that <laughs> that's kind of what i'm imagining but the big eye was looking over them and they kept hearing a constant mechanical sound buzzing the entire time they both remember that sound And this went on for several minutes is what they kind of both say, but nobody is really sure how much time had actually passed. And then after their exam, they were both just dropped back out into the dark and the ship went back up into the sky or the object if you, you know, just want to be on the outside looking in we're not calling an alien ship it was a hovering object that went back up into the sky after they were dropped back onto the ground so hickson kind of got his bearings got back up on his feet and he looked behind him and parker was standing up arms raised to the sky and screaming bloody murder so he ran over to him grabbed him tried to calm him down for a second but they said we have to go we have to run to the sheriff's station immediately so they go they drive into town Walk immediately into the sheriff's station, completely all over the place, screaming, shouting of what just happened. The sheriff says these men are drunk or they're just lying for fun because we live in Pascagoula, Mississippi, and they have nothing to do. So they're bored. The Internet's not a thing. The Internet isn't real. We're at (laughs) 1973. So they were just not buying it, as per usual. But they sit them down. They decide to hear them out because both men are just hysterical, like, barely able to get words out. So they sit them down in separate rooms at first and interview them. Their stories are exactly the same. Then they bring them in a room together and interview them. Again, they're both kind of going off of each other, pairing their stories together. Everything completely matches. Then they leave the room and they keep a recorder in the room, the police do, that's secretly taping the two men because they Mm, think
1: we're totally going to catch 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 them They act.
0: Yeah, they're going to lie. This is when we hear it. So they're like, oh, we're just going to use the restroom real quick. They leave a voice recorder in there. However they catch no lies. They only hear the men getting more and more hysterical. They are still recounting everything that happened to them. They're trying to console each other. They're trying to comfort each other. They're trying to come to some understanding of what the hell just happened to them. They're only getting more worked up. And there is no moment where it sounds like oh are they buying it oh should we you know ramp this up should we change our story they're both very clearly frightened and just discussing even more what happened and trying to make sense of everything so the police hear the recording and are actually sort of like wow either these guys are oscar-winning actors or there's some legitimacy yeah to this or they're story scared, because-
1: shitless yeah For real <laughs> like
0: something really must have happened to them. Like it started to make a believer out of the police, like the Jackson County sheriff, when he was uh, interviewed a few days later, when this started to become over story, was even saying we did everything we could to try to break their stories. We did not believe them. The moment they walked in the door, we were coming forward saying that right away. Like we were trying to break them. We wanted them to mess up. We wanted to catch them, but if they were lying to me, they should be in Hollywood because we could not break them in any way. So This story went crazy overnight because the police were talking to everybody, word spread because it was not that big of a town, and there were news conferences and cameras everywhere being thrust in these guys' faces. A UFO investigator from Northwestern actually flew down and interviewed them as well. And he was known to be a pretty healthy skeptic and really, you know, do his research and look things over. But after discussing the story with both of them and looking around the area, he even came back saying that their story completely checked out and he believed them. Oh man, oh, man. So that was interesting. I know. So skeptics, including Philip Klass, no, <laughs> came forward saying that they were liars and they were fakes and it was probably just, wait for it sleep paralysis or hallucination she
1: fucking you son of a
0: bitch I, you son
1: of you a bitch you son of a bitch I'm glad you're dead I hate him oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so
0: much the sass I'm glad, I'm you're, glad dead. you're dead He was a dickhead. He basically pointed to Hickson's age and saying like, "Oh, he's an older guy," which he was only forty two at the time. Like, if we're calling that old, well, I guess it was in the seventies. No, still, still, I hate him.
1: I'm gonna be er, seventy. Jesus, I'm gonna be forty (laughs) two. Real, so like in the blink of an eye. So I'm about to be seventy (laughs) two. Yeah, we're gonna be also seventy two though. My body is deteriorating at a at, at an enhanced rate. Go on. Exactly. But anyway,
0: this guy is the worst. He's like, oh, Hickson is 42 years old. He's, you know, he's older. He's probably having hallucinations.
1: He was out of it. sounds crazier than the people saying they got abducted by aliens.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like to throw sleep paralysis on him and say because of his old age, he's going through something that's just insane to me. So I hate him. And I think he sounds like a loony. But he was basically blaming it all on Hickson's age and his brain and saying that it was All sleep paralysis that he experienced, and that Parker was so young and only eighteen and new to town and new to the job. Yeah, he was highly impressionable. He used the term highly suggestible, so he was able to, you know, lean into Hickson's story, and that's why the two of them were able to corroborate the story, because he was completely roped into it as a naive eighteen-year-old. It doesn't. There is no reason. Like, here's the thing.
1: I get being skeptical of people who say they got, they for sure got taken into a ship with, like, beings. But, like, that doesn't make sense at all. No. No. It doesn't
0: make sense at all. His story is stupid. And he was just grasping at straws because, again, he's always looking to disprove people. That is what he set out to do. So he tried to make a big fuss, as he usually does. But, again, because these guys were able to corroborate their story and never change the details, people were really into it and still believing them. So... Believers flooded Pascagoula by the thousands, and people would sit all night on the hoods of their cars at that abandoned riverbank and wait for UFOs to arrive.
1: Naturally. Sadly, nothing happened,
0: (laughs) but, yep, of course. Um, But even though nothing happened, people were just stoked. People were so excited to be there. They just
1: loved that activity. (laughs) They're like, something's happened. happened in our town. Something's going on. And I can make that that joke because I'm from there. (laughs) We're from small towns with nothing going on. So that's why we understand. And we, a lot of our families sound a little bit like that. So we get to make that joke. We get it.
0: (laughs) Because Hickson was a little older and was well known in the community. um, He was comfortable talking to the media more. It definitely didn't seem like he was reaching for fame, at least at first. Because he was just talking to local news outlets for the most part and, you know, was still keeping to himself somewhat. But he did eventually, a couple of years later, go on Johnny Carson, which made people start to point the finger at him, which that is the unfortunate side of, you know, going on talk shows when it seems like you're seeking fame. So people started to get a little more skeptical of him. And he also published a book in 1983. So people were getting a little curious, but he wasn't making a lot of money from both his appearances or his book. So it didn't seem like... He was doing it for the riches. Maybe it was for notoriety, but
1: that's always a he weird a like argument against uh, a paranormal and supernatural phenomenon for me, anyway. Because, like, I mean, it's just uh, human nature—vanity. is one of the devil's favorite sins, according to Al yep, Pacino for sure. And yep. *Devil's Advocate*. Vanity is is something that we all suffer from, and you even look at people who, like, you know, a guy who. Um, no, here we'll go even like a negative way. You look at Lorena Bobbitt's husband who yeah. got his dick cut off and like they had to reattach it and he's been milking that for like 35 years.
0: Forever
1: like, and tried to make didn't he
0: try to make a porn career? He did. He it? was a, like, he was in yeah.
1: porn. He did like a reality TV thing. So like I don't yeah. understand why it, only in Supernatural and Paranormal Uh, situations are people you know writing books about their experiences and like the thing is is like they probably didn't come up with that they probably ended up having to get a publicist because so many people were requesting for them to come on their shows and blah 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 blah. and i guarantee that publicist wanted to make money so in order for them to make money their client has to make money so they said you should write a book i have this author that i could pair you up with and it's like who's gonna say no to that
0: I know. Why would you turn down that opportunity? I (laughs) I wouldn't. I completely agree with you. I don't like the argument either. I'm more just trying to play (laughs) devil's advocate (laughs) and like (laughs) look at all the different sides because I'm with you like who cares that he went on talk shows or who cares that he wrote a book like he had this story and people probably reached out to him and were like hey I'm gonna help you tell your story and I'm gonna help you with this this and this. It's like of course he said yes. Hi would you like free
1: money? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, uh, Yes,
0: please. (laughs) Life is hard. I would like free money. Yeah. I was not living like the most exciting life before and you're offering me this. So of course. So anyway, I agree with you. I don't think anything crazy about him going on these shows or going to the news or writing a book, but he definitely wasn't making a ton of money, which I also think goes in his favor. Like he was he just wanted to get the story out. Um, And then Parker, on the other hand, who was just 18 when it happened and was new to town and he just wanted to get this job and then he was going to return home and get married. He originally told the media that he passed out at the beginning of the ordeal and couldn't remember anything that happened. And he said this because he didn't want the media attention and he stayed Out of the spotlight forever Like he only had told the police The story initially And they kept that under wraps But when he went to the news He immediately was like Oh no I actually don't don't, remember much Like you should talk to Hickson so he uh, he has admitted later on that that was the only time he lied because he didn't want the extra attention and he just wanted to get back to work. But he did, in fact, remember every detail of what happened and so much so that the night it happened, he was so afraid that the aliens had infected him. He immediately went home and took a bath in bleach oh because my he felt God. like he needed to wash everything off of his skin, which is crazy town.
1: Well, you know, that's something Bernie Bar- and Betty Hill said too when they got home even though they didn't remember like what had happened to them, they compulsively were washing their body.
0: Yeah. They were like I have to clean this off of me. I have to get whatever I this is. I feel
1: like something touched me and I don't want it.
0: Yep. It was a violation. So that's exactly what he did. Um he then he stayed a few weeks in town, maybe talked to a few people, but he went back to his hometown he got married just like he pa- planned and picked up work in some oil fields and any time that he started a job if somebody recognized him he would quit immediately because that's how much he did not want to be noticed he didn't want any of the fame not the spotlight and it actually wasn't until just recent years that he came forward um i believe 2017 was the first interview that he did um and then in 2018 he announced that he himself was actually probably going to write a book too Um, And that he wanted to honor Hickson in some way who actually died back in 2011, which he was older, so that's expected. But um, he said that him and Hickson stayed in touch until the day he died and stayed close, even though Parker had kind of moved on with his life, and that he even at times paid... Hickson's electric bill when he couldn't afford Aww. it because he wasn't doing well and like didn't have a lot of money as we discussed before. So thought it was sweet that they stayed so close. And I think Parker sort of decided to come forward because of their friendship and because he thought he needed to honor the story in some way. So Parker, who is now in his 60s, uh, is now coming out of hiding. And actually, in June of 2019, the city of Pascagoula installed a historical marker at the riverbank where it occurred and named it the best documented case of alien abduction. There's a little plaque sitting there now. And when the plaque was getting installed, there was a huge showing and a big party thrown. And Calvin Parker came to it and showed up and took pictures with everybody and did interviews. So... He's starting to show up and talk about it a little bit more and still says, you know, of course, it is the most memorable, the craziest, most unexplainable thing that has ever happened to him. He can only say exactly what happened to him, but he still doesn't know how, like what it was, what to right. say it was. I think he's sort of like you where he's like, I guess I was abducted, but honestly, I I don't know. Yeah. I just know that this is the timeline of events. This is what I remember feeling but it could be anything like you tell me, but here's what I remember. So So. far
1: the best explanation that anyone's been able to offer me is that I was abducted by aliens.
0: Yeah. Sometimes that's all there is.
1: Guess I was
0: exactly. And since the marker has appeared, since just last year, new witnesses have emerged telling Mississippi investigators that on the night in question, they did indeed see an unidentified flying object with flashing blue lights going up and down the Pascagoula River, but they kept it secret all these years because they were afraid of what people would say, and now they feel ready to come forward. Which, again, you can take as you want, whether they're fame-seeking or whether someone was truly just scared of being called crazy which a lot of us are and maybe they only felt comfortable coming forward because calvin parker felt comfortable finally so that's that
1: yeah because i'm sure that even um uh the other guy uh what was it hicks charles hickson yeah hickson i'm sure that even though like uh no one could prove that what he said was false i guarantee he was still called crazy by most people oh for sure and you don't want to be lumped in with that yeah, definitely. I do like how um, traumatic experiences can like link people together for life. Yeah,
0: I think it's a special thing. I mean, it's horrible if you go through something, you know, tragic and that affects you, but it really brings people together who mm-hmm. would maybe have no connection at all yeah. in any way. Like, Cause it's like this 42-year-old no else... and this 18-year-old. Yeah, old.
1: no one else could possibly understand what I went through except for you. Exactly. That's why, you know. We will always have this bond. Yeah, that's why uh, veterans have a special bond with each other. So, like, literally, like, unless you've been in war, you you will not understand what's in our heads all the time.
0: Yeah, what we're going through. Like, they went through hell together so they can connect. So, I did think that was really sweet because I'm sure Hickson was just taking him fishing to kind of be like, hey, you're the new guy. I'm going to, like, be nice to you in this moment, show you around, and then... Boom, they're bonded for life. What was the job again? They worked in a shipyard. Okay. Um, Charles Hickson was the foreman and what's his toes? Calvin Parker was just like the new guy that was helping like move things around, do some hammering. I don't know. (laughs) They didn't say the details of his job. I assume it was just a lot of manual
1: labor and hammering. Hammering sounds just about right. (laughs) Uh, i well because the reason i ask is because my next story we always do this sort of um so our three stories aside from me i'm the only outlier here it's like me and the dance choreographer the outliers but you told a story about uh loggers um now a foreman at a shipyard and my last story is about a coal miner oh my gosh look at us and i don't think that that's like you know I don't think that the professions of well maybe the I don't know that would be interesting to look at like a a, a graph of like which professions, professions are for have objectives. like higher yeah higher rating <sighs> it could just be those Ooh. kind of people because they live in more rural areas
0: sure and that goes along with that theory but that could be an interesting little mm-hmm. side
1: project <laughs> see what yeah. that's about I also lied to you oh. The, my story is uh, 1960, not 1980. I am not a true friend.
0: You are so rude, and I don't know if I can continue on with the podcast, but it's been I fun. I don't know what I was thinking.
1: <laughs>
0: it's fine. Bring on
1: the 60s. Let's go. I'm upset. Um, <laughs> I really <laughs> thought it was 1980, but okay. It's fine. So uh, this is one of the craziest Unsolved Mysteries I've ever heard about. Actually, I wonder if there's an Unsolved Mysteries episode on it. I don't know. I'll have to look it up, but probably this is the story of Zygmunt Adamski okay Zygmunt is the correct pronunciation Adamski no clue so Zygmund was a Polish immigrant who moved to a small town called Tingley in Yorkshire England in 1960 sorry Ugh. he was a coal miner he led a super simple life he and his wife uh, <laughs> he and his wife Leocadia oh my that is a name they were well liked, but not super well known in the neighborhood. Like, it, it wasn't like they were the most popular couple in, in Tingley, but like uh-huh. they were liked. You know, no one had yeah. any complaints. Uh, mostly everyone knew them because his wife had multiple sclerosis, which is incredibly sad. Uh, that disease yes. is literally the devil. So, um, that's well, what most people would say they knew about um, this couple. So, normal guy, normal life, normal job, struggles like all the rest of us. Until June 6th. Okay, see, this says 1980. All
0: right, hold on. Oh, shoot. Who's lying? If it's
1: 1980, I'm going to be so much more excited. (laughs) (gasps) 1980! See, I was right. I just wrote the wrong note for the first part. It's the 80s. It's the 80s. Oh, my God. Friendship. Everybody,
0: clap your hands. (laughs) I'm doing the cha cha slide in my room right now.
1: Joe's probably so going to pop his head in and be like, excuse me, I <laughs> could know. You, you not right? clap?
0: Oh my gosh, Alex too. He's going to be like, Wilder's awake and this is all your
1: fault. <laughs> <laughs> he woke our child. Okay, June 6, 1980. I'm so excited. So I'm so pumped. Uh, and I don't know if I mentioned, he's 56. So it was okay. the day before his goddaughter's wedding. The family was excited. They were looking forward to the wedding and the partying. And at about 3.30 p.m., Zygmunt went off to the market to grab some items for the next day's lunch. And while he was on the way to the market, he passed several neighbors who testified that he was in a good mood and nothing seemed to be wrong. Nothing seemed to be off. But um this was the last time anyone would see him alive. So Ooh. he never came home from the market. It was that evening after dinner that his wife officially like called the police to report him missing. Like she waited for a while and then she was like Okay, like, I have to call the police. The market is not that far. Uh The police soon found out that he had made it to the market and bought his groceries. The clerk who helped him said, again, he's in a cheerful mood. But after that, no one seems to have seen him anywhere. They swept the area with no sign of him. No one had talked to him or seen him. He just disappeared. And there was no indication that he would take off. Like I said, he was a happy man, um, especially the day before his goddaughter's wedding. Like maybe Mm -hmm. he did. Maybe he was like, I don't want, I can't handle taking care of my wife anymore. I love her, but I can't do it. But it was the day before his goddaughter's wedding. Right.
0: The day before the wedding seems like the strangest timing. That would make no sense. Like he would be in somewhat of a happy, loving mood.
1: There was some worry because his health had been deteriorating because of heavy smoking. So they thought maybe he had had an accident of some kind, like a health emergency, but they couldn't find the body. And the hospitals had no one who fit his description. So Ugh. basically, they assumed he had wandered off and would come back or send a letter or something or call his poor family. Um, but yeah. that didn't happen. On June 11th, five days later, a co worker named Trevor Parker, wait a minute. Your guy wasn't named Trevor Parker, it was no,
0: it was Calvin Parker Calvin though. was. So okay. Weird. Oh my gosh, that would be okay. crazy if that was connected.
1: A coal worker named Trevor Parker was doing his rounds at Tomlin's coal yard in the town of Todmorden, which was about thirty miles away from Tingley, when he found the body of a dead man on top of a twelve-foot-tall heap of coal. Mm. Zygmunt Adamski was splayed out, face up. The police investigation came up with some real weird shit. So the first thing was, is that he was still well-dressed in the suit that he left home in, but his shirt was missing, his wallet and watch were missing, and his trousers and shoes seemed to have been put on incorrectly. Oh. They described it as if they had been taken off and then put back on by a child who didn't know what they were doing.
0: Well, that fits the theory that right? we discussed. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why it went to that strange accent, but yes. No,
1: but I liked it. The suit jacket was also buttoned incorrectly. So the shirt was missing. He wasn't shirtless though. His suit jacket was on. Um and it was okay. buttoned incorrectly, but his shirt was gone. His body and his clothes were strangely lacking smears of coal dust, which would suggest <laughs> that he was placed there because if he had climbed up the mound he would have gotten filthy. There would have been coal yeah. dust all over him. And on his hands and that stuff. That makes sense, yep. The positioning and condition of the body were also very strange. So, like I said before, he was just sort of lying face up on the top of the coal. No coal dust on his body. The coal wasn't disturbed either as though like someone had climbed it. So, even to put him up there, there was no evidence that this had happened. There was no evidence that someone had walked up the coal mound. Right. There was also no sign of injury, struggle, or foul play. Officers on the scene said that he looked peaceful like he had just gotten into bed and fallen asleep. The only marks, and this is what reminded me of my my fork prongs, the only marks that could be found on his body were a series of tiny burn marks on the back of his head, his neck, and his shoulders. Mm. But okay. it was never determined what had caused these. And his wife and his family also couldn't say. They didn't believe he had the marks before he left home. Yeah. To make the burns even stranger, there was a yellowish gel-like ointment that had been slathered on the areas, but the coroner was oh. unable to determine what the ointment was. What? To this day, forensics have not been able to determine what the ointment was. They just
0: have no clue nope. what it's made out of. They, what it, oof.
1: Nothing they tested, no medicines, no salves matched what it was. That gives me the willies. Don't like it. Also strange, Zygmunt was well-fed when he died. Even though he'd been missing for five days and no hospitals in the area um, of his home, nor the area that he was found in, had records of him checking in. There was also no sign that he'd been living on the streets. His clothes were impeccably pressed and clean, just like the day he'd left home. And, and he had only had one day's worth of beard growth. Oh, wow. That's weird. Very. The police constable... (sighs) uh whose name was Alan Godfrey pronounced that Zygmunt had died of a heart attack. But like, what else? Like how did his body get up there? What were the burns? Right. What was the gel? Where'd he been for five days? Yeah. And it it came out later on that the coroner actually could not conclusively find a cause of death and was forced to go with the heart attack theory. Yeah. All that could be determined is that Zygmunt had died a day before the body was found and the burn marks seemed to have been inflicted two days previously. Oh. What So he was missing for six days, right? Or five. Five or six days. And then burns had just happened two days Mm -hmm. before he was found. Yeah. he thought. And uh, and he had died the day prior.
0: The passage of time is just so crazy with all of these abduction stories. Just how it does not add up at all.
1: It's so crazy. It makes no sense. Obviously, theories ran wild. Some people said he may have suffered some sort of shock after sustaining the burns and had climbed to the top of the coal pile to look around, but instead dropped dead. But again, there's no sign of anyone having climbed the pile yeah, and his it didn't clothes were clean. not look like anyone went through it, so yeah. probably not. And the man who had found the body, the Parker boy, um, swears that it had not been there just hours earlier. Like he was in the area and yeah. he had seen the pile of coal and there was no body there. So there was no evidence that Zygmunt had known anyone in Todd Morden, no clear reason for him to have gone there or been there. People thought maybe he had been kidnapped and finally killed and put on top of the coal heap, but kidnapped for what? Like there no ransom was demanded. Nobody was was after this. No, no there was no sign of sexual assault. And also the question is like, did they lower him with a crane? Like wouldn't have someone noticed a crane? (laughs) Like
0: lowering yeah. the body onto this I think pile of colours. Someone coal. would have spotted the crane Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Now it should be noted that Todd Morden <laughs> is a hot spot for UFO activity. Oh
0: <laughs> yes, we like to
1: hear that. There had been an influx of sightings right around the time Zygmunt had disappeared. Interestingly oh. enough, the exact police officer that had first come to examine the scene of Zygmunt's death, Alan Godfrey, would about six months later see a UFO, and experience 30 minutes of missing time. Oh, geez. Okay, well. So, like, that's just random that, like, the police officer on the scene then later had that. that. Yeah. He actually yeah. Uh, did uh, later on have a hypnosis se- session in which he uh-huh. basically described the beings and what happened. And, and it was sort of, it was very reminiscent of the story I told with the girls. Like, he was on uh, patrol. And there was another mm-hmm. officer there with him. And he had seen a craft and he had gotten out of the car and got spooked by it, got back in the car, but the car wouldn't start. He couldn't get his vehicle to start. And then boom, nothing. He didn't remember anything. And the next thing he remembered, he was driving his police car. So, yep. Tale as old as time, I tell (laughs) you. He said, while under hypnosis, I'm just going to quote it. uh, He started saying they're horrible. And the guy was like, who's horrible? he said they are. He said uh, he described them as small, three to four feet, like five-year-old lads. He said there were eight of them. At one point, he said he's touching me. He's feeling at my clothes. At one point, he said they have hands and heads like a lamp. I don't know what the fuck that means, but that's creepy. Yeah, what?
0: (laughs) I don't want any part of that is all I know from that statement. But what on the sweet earth?
1: He said they keep touching me. They are making noises. then he said, Joseph, I know him as Joseph, and he has told me not to be frightened. So it's almost as if Joseph, right? It's almost as if the being told him, like, you you can call me Joseph, like, I'm Joseph. I'm going to give you the most human name (laughs) ever to call me. I'm John Smith. (laughs) Um, And then he started freaking out, saying they're robots. They're not human. They're robots. They're his. They're Joseph's robots. Oh, geez. So that's terrifying okay, and actually creepy. <laughs> you can find clips uh some clips from his hypnosis session on YouTube actually if you just um this is titled British policeman Alan Godfreys UFO abduction incident and original hypnosis tape in parentheses 1980. That's the YouTube video that I'm oh looking at right now. So
0: can't wait. Um
1: he said he later said in an interview I wish I'd never seen the UFO. I wish it had never happened particularly because of the effects on my children. It's not easy having a policeman as a father, but when it's a policeman who also saw a UFO, it's even worse. And uh, he ended up leaving the police force after this happened. Dang.
0: Yeah. It's like, no more. I can't handle this.
1: Anyway, the people who believe the UFO slash ET theory think that Zygmunt was abducted. And that they performed some experiments on him. But in the process, he died of a heart attack. So they... Maybe from the shock of it Maybe. Yeah. He was also old and he had smoker problems and...
0: Yeah. His health wasn't great and he was freaked the F out by what he was seeing. And maybe he just... The organs failed. He couldn't handle it.
1: So they redressed him and lowered his body on the coal pile where he would be found. Which was nice because they could have just like shot it into space. Totally.
0: They're like, here, we're gonna let you be found. We're gonna let your family have some closure, even if it's weird closure, but yeah. they're, they're gonna find you. And we're gonna be kind. It sounds like a lot of aliens are kind. <laughs> it doesn't sound like they're super
1: <laughs> malicious. Like I haven't heard of any of them like torturing anybody really no
0: it genuinely sounds like they're just
1: studying which you would think that that would be a a common thing like if it's just based on the fear of extraterrestrials because of film and television you would think that contact with these beings would there would be more violent ones but they i don't recall any
0: no. It usually just sounds like it's more of an experiment and they're yeah. studying and doing some sort of research and studying our bodies. And like you said, sometimes there's a little bit of a back and forth. There's an interview when they're trying to learn more. It's like we are their
1: subject in school. <laughs> That's sort of what it is. Um, I also have a theory about the salve if aliens are real. <laughs> so like okay, if this all really happened, the salve was alien based. So um, what if It would have been healed, like the salve would have healed his burns immediately, but because he died, it didn't heal the burns. Like living skin would have rejuvenated, but dead skin wouldn't. Oh, but not
0: dead skin.
1: Okay. I'm here for it. Maybe. I like it. I like that theory. But that's it. Zygmunt uh, Adamski.
0: I really like that story. I like that a lot. Still
1: unsolved. That story is so weird in so many different ways because it's like, it could have been Um, a heart attack. Right but why did he go to that town that he had no connections to and like why did he climb on top of the coal pile and
0: and the way the clothes were put on and the way that the coal wasn't moved around at all and why was he mm-hmm. gone for so many days and there's just
1: and if it was a murder like how do you how do you How do you cover it up
0: in in that crazy of a way? Like, how do you leave nothing behind? And how do his clothes look pristine? And how, like, what are these burn marks? What is the weird gel? There.
1: How did you give him a heart attack? There are just way too many
0: questions. I can't. Can't wrap my head around it. That's a really good one.
1: Will you tell me about the satellite? Yes. Satellite. The song that that
0: we made up. (laughs) Satellite. And by we, I mean Ashley sang a song called Satellite. (laughs) Yes. So I wanted to end on this because I think it's just fun. It's a conspiracy theory is the best thing to call it, but it's not. This isn't a long enough story to put on one of our long, wonderful, drawn out conspiracy theories episodes. But... It relates to aliens and I just thought it was interesting and put a smile on my face because what? Anyway, so this is about the Black Knight satellite. It's either been referred to in history as the Black Knight or the Dark Knight. You can look up both. But um, it is a theory that it is a 13,000-year-old satellite that has been orbiting Earth. It is an alien artifact that has been orbiting the Earth for aliens to spy on us and has been around Whoa. for 13,000 years. That is the theory. And this first came about in um, 1899 when Nikola Tesla thought he heard from the aliens, which we've talked about Tesla mm-hmm. quite a few times on this podcast, actually, But and had a We're whole fans. episode dedicated to him. Yeah. But uh, when he was working in when he was working at his tower back in his lab in Colorado Springs, he was experimenting with wireless power, but he believes that he may have come in contact with aliens, he thought he received a message from the cosmos, as he put it. Um, He would also say in interviews, uh, flash forward to the 1900s, he would often say that he believed that highly intelligent beings existed on Mars, and they were trying to get in touch with him and that his wireless receiver was very sensitive and was able to pick up signals. So he was going on and on about how he thought he was receiving messages. But nobody knows exactly who or where this theory started. But sometime in the 20th century, throughout the 1900s, a theory came forward that this 13,000 year old alien satellite was the reason Tesla was getting the signals he was getting. He was being contacted by this satellite that was in orbit around Earth and it was aliens watching over us and trying to contact with us. So that came forward and a lot of people actually bought into it and thought, for sure, this makes sense. We, <laughs> yeah, why not? We all we all believe aliens are watching over us in some way. So why wouldn't they have this satellite that has been orbiting Earth basically forever and watching over us? Like we totally buy into this. So are those the first time
1: mistaking it the moon for a satellite? <laughs>
0: You know that thing in the sky? You know, I didn't think of that. (laughs) No, that's why it's weird, is no one knows why it became this, like, dark hooded satellite. Like, nobody knows where this came from, because obviously there was no photographic evidence back then. Yeah,
1: where did they get the year
0: Exactly. Why was it 13,000 <laughs> year old? Nobody can pinpoint where this came from, okay, which is well, why I, I think it's hilarious. But it started floating around, especially right around 1923 when Tesla was doing like a lot of speaking about his contact with aliens. People were like, hey, uh, that Black Knight satellite is for sure what contacted you. So it was getting passed around for a little bit and then popped up again just a few years later in 1927 when um, Norwegian engineer Jorgen Halls Jorgen Halls, I just Jorgen want to say Hals. his name and dance. Um, he picked up a transmission while he was experimenting with radio signals. He noticed that some of his signals would echo back to him several seconds after the initial transmission had ended. He was at a loss to explain what accounted for these long delayed echoes. And even like in the 80 years uh, since the discovery, 80 plus years since his discovery, no one to this day, has been able to explain what accounts for the eerie echoes. So, of course, Mm. people jumped in and said, well, Jorgen, it's the Black Knight satellite. It's the
1: satellite.
0: It's for sure (laughs) this satellite that is echoing back at you. And then flash forward a little bit to 1973, there was a science fiction author named Duncan Lunin who wrote an article that speculated that a 13,000-year-old alien object in orbit around the moon could have been responsible for the echoes that Jorgen Halls had heard. So he believed that something was in orbit around the moon, and then people latched onto this and said... I think this is the same Black Knight satellite that we've been talking about that is orbiting around Earth. And Lunan even came forward and was like, no, 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 I'm talking about something (laughs) totally different. I agree that there could be old alien artifacts, but I'm talking about this other thing. And more conspiracy theorists were like, nope, he's definitely agreeing with all of us. It is the satellite that is going around Earth. Um, So then flashback again, I was just fast forwarding to his connection to Jorgen and why he was getting signals, but in the 60s, Time magazine reported that an unknown object was discovered to be in polar orbit around the Earth, which was weird because the US and Soviet satellites at the time were in equatorial orbit, so it couldn't have been either of them. And a few weeks after these initial reports, the U.S. Department of Defense came forward announcing that the object was just simply a piece of the Discoverer satellite that had broken off and was floating Mm -hmm. around. That's what they said. But many were skeptical, of course, not buying into it. They're like, they're lying to us. It's definitely the Black Knight. And as it turns out, their skepticism was warranted, but not because they found out that it was for sure the Black Knight, but declassified documents did reveal that it was not a piece of the Discoverer satellite, but it was a part of the U.S.'s Corona project, which was a mission to... Um, a mission that produced the world's first successful space photo recon flights in an effort to spy on and monitor Soviet missile facilities. So it was okay. the secret project that they had going on. So they were, the public was indeed lied to about the Discover satellite. Just for a different reason. But it was for a different reason. However, this is what is great about the believers that hold on for dear life is they're like, okay. We see these declassified files and we see that you are explaining it to be something else, but you still lied to us, so we're never going to believe you again, and we still think that it was probably for sure the Black Knight satellite. So they push on and through the I 70s- mean, honestly,
1: like that's kind of like that's the way to go. I don't believe anything that's told to me at this point, especially no. since we've started the podcast and I've done enough research to know that our um, that we're lied to the majority are of the time. Terrifying, and we're lied to most of the time.
0: <laughs> exactly. So that's exactly how these people were working. And I'm with you. I'm like, I totally hear you, man. So they they were lied to by the Department of Defense. And even though, yeah, those files said something different, they're all like, hey, 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 whatever you've been lying to us and we're not going to believe anything you say. So we're still holding on to this theory that we think is true. So through the 70s and the 80s, it still was like this myth, truth, whatever you wanted to think it was, but it was being floated around. The Black Knight was existence. We were all hearing about it. And then in 1998, um, those on the space shuttle Endeavor, their flight was STS-88. They photographed a big black object hovering ominously above the Earth. And everyone believed that this was our first photographic evidence of our alien artifact, the Black Knight Satellite. NASA, of course, said, no, it's actually just a dark thermal blanket that got away from us while we were doing repairs on the International Space Station. Likely story. Exactly. (laughs) Like, we had to go out with thermal blankets when we were holding certain pieces together and while we were building, and it floated away from us, and I promise you that's all that it was. It was when we were doing our spacewalks, blah, blah, blah. But again, the world is like, shut up. All you guys shut do up. is lie Shut up. I will believe what I want.
1: <laughs> so... It's like a relationship. Like you have to build trust. And when you break the trust over and over and over again, you're never going to be trusted. And I'm going to believe actually the opposite of what you're saying. Like if I'm suspicious, whatever you say, it's like, okay, what is the opposite of that? Yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. Thank you.
0: Exactly. When the public has heard (laughs) enough lies, they're like, I'm going to hold on to my own truth because you guys keep bullshitting me. So still to this day, even though NASA has again and again been like, you guys, it is just a black thermal blanket floating out in space. I promise people are like, no, we have finally discovered the first photographic evidence of the Black Knight. So it's funny if you do a Google search of you could, it's called item 25570 from ISS related debris. Like it's a thing you can Google. It'll either pop up as the thermal blanket lost during the building of the International Space Station or the next couple of links will say this is definitely the Black Knight satellite. So it just depends which way you want to go is what I really like about it. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I like that you can just really pick pick your poison. In 2017, Secure Team 10, which is this YouTube channel that really grabs on to alien life, UFOs, and just things existing beyond our comprehension, basically. They talk about all things cool that we love on this podcast. Um, But they really took hold of the Black Satellite Theory, Black Knight Satellite Theory, and have posted Videos on that and their thoughts on it, but in 2017, they posted a video to their YouTube showing a very blurry bright light in the sky, and they claimed that this was the Black Knight being shot out of the sky by an Illuminati warplane.
1: Oh, they've got their dirty fingers and everything. They
0: were in it, Ashley. They believed that people were getting too close to discovering the truth of the Black Knight, and so someone had to try and take it down, and that was the Illuminati warplane. It was shot out of the sky, and they believed that it is no longer orbiting Earth, but... Then, you know, you go two articles over and there's another group saying, no, I think it's still there. So, again, pick your own adventure. Pick your poison. Will we ever know the truth of the Black Knight? Will we ever know the truth about that picture? Is it a blanket? Is it a satellite? Did an Illuminati warplane shoot it out of the sky? The world may never know, but I choose to believe that the aliens have been spying on us through the Black Knight satellite for 13,000 years.
1: 13,000, exactly. Exactly. On exactly. The dot. Thirteen thousand. No longer. You know longer. what I see? I see the photo, and I can see a blanket. I can also see <laughs> an alien satellite. So, yep, it's like one that. of those. Like, do you see a duck or do you see a rabbit? Exactly. It's one of those optical
0: illusions, and you choose what you want to believe. Mm-hmm. But I had just never heard of that theory. I thought it was so fun, and that it even went back to Tesla, and that also no one has any clue where it came from and why but then all of a sudden photos start popping up and it's like see see this what, is what i've say. been saying it <laughs> also kind of looks you.
1: like it could be batman in the batmobile or like maybe the bat plane
0: okay ashley well let's start talking about that theory and let's okay. let people decide if they want to grab onto that because we need the options
1: well, if you look at uh, there's a there's a certain picture on um, that you can Google when you Google Black Knight Satellite. If you Google Black Knight Satellite, it is the one, two, three, four, five, fifth picture, and it's like a picture of the satellite, but then they they zoom in on it and they turn it on its side. You can almost see Batman's head.
0: Okay, I do see what you mean. See? Yeah, I don't hate that. It's yeah. Batman. You guys.
1: Guys. Everyone's wrong. <laughs> everyone's wrong everyone's <laughs>
0: wrong oh and that's all i got i just wanted to end it. on a fun note it i enjoyed it a lot
1: i did too thank you i've never <laughs> heard that one and i i know my crazy person theories
0: i Matt. i thought you would chime in at one point and been like yes i've heard yes, this or 13 Thirteen thousand
1: years ago <laughs> um no i haven't i'm a, i'm a big fan <laughs> great uh, that's all the time we have this week for keep it weird thank you all for listening and supporting our show whether you do that via donating to our patreon at www.patreon.com slash keep it podcast or follow us on following us or following us on i can do it here i go or following us on social media at keep it Weirdcast, or buying our merch at etsy.com slash shop slash keep it weird podcast or helping us out with our show notes or giving us a good rating and review on iTunes. We love you all. We thank you all. What's our sign-off this week? The Black Knight lives. The ugh, The Dark Knight rises. Oh, that's so much better.
0: Because <laughs> 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 of the Batman you were so, connection? Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. I you was, was almost so there, close. you guys sometimes. You so close. I'm right on the cusp of a good idea, but I just <laughs> can't right quite get the there greatness. without Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> the That's Black Knight
1: Rises. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe you said The Black Knight Lives, which is the name of the new Batman movie starring Robert Pattinson.
0: And Robert De Niro and Michelle Pfeiffer.
1: And Michelle Pfeiffer. And Keep It Weird.
0: Keep It Weird. <laughs> I mean, that's why we love you, that you went to Satan, like, of course.